the hard shoulder on Newstalk with Nissan's big electric switch. Scrappage is now available on your old car when you switch to a 100% electric Nissan Leaf. This is the Hard Shoulder and it is Asthma Awareness Week this week and in that vein I'm delighted to welcome to the show Professor Seamus Linan who is a consultant in respiratory and general internal medicine at the Beacon Hospital. Seamus, you're very welcome to the show. How prevalent is asthma in Ireland? Uh, good evening, Kieran, and thank you for having me on. Um, it's uh, particularly common in Ireland uh, compared to um, international comparisons. Uh, there have been surveys to look at Children with asthma were figures as high as 20% are seen. And then in adults, uh, close to 10% of adults will relate symptoms that are consistent with an asthma diagnosis. So very common indeed. And and the reason that it's higher here than other places, is that environmental or genetic? Well, we think it's probably a combination of both. Um, Ireland has a high prevalence of a number of respiratory conditions which relate to our genetic profile. Um, and there are obviously, obviously issues around our environment and our exposure to various allergens, which may be climate dependent. It may relate to the nature of housing and and other conditions in Ireland. So it's probably a mixture of features, which means that we have one of the highest uh, prevalences of Ireland in the world. And most of us will, will be aware on one level of how it manifests itself, the shortness of breath and the wheezing. How serious can it be as a problem? So, as you say, sort of breathlessness, wheezing, cough, a tendency to uh, develop recurrent chest infections are very common features of asthma. Um, it can on occasion get very serious indeed, and that's why knowing about it and, and discussing how to manage asthma is, is very important. Uh, a severe exacerbation or what we would call a flare-up of asthma can on rare occasions and tragically be a fatal event. And that's an absolutely devastating outcome if that occurs. However, well-managed asthma, where somebody is is under control in terms of their symptoms, means that they can live a full and complete life and, and undertake any and all the activities that they choose to do. So it ranges from mm. the exceptionally mild through to through to severe and occasionally life-threatening on occasion. And what's happening in the body that causes these problems? So asthma is described as reversible airways obstruction. And and what that means is the airways become inflamed. Uh, When they become inflamed, they become narrow. There is muscle which is wrapped around the airways and that muscle can spasm and tighten. So the airway tubes get smaller and smaller. And that's where the wheezing comes from because people are trying to breathe through these narrow airway tubes. And it sounds exactly like a whistle. In fact, it sounds like countless whistles scattered throughout chest as somebody is trying to take that breath out so that they can take another breath in. And when you mentioned, say, 20% of children and 10% of adults, it's a thing you can grow out of, is it? Yes. So what we see is, is that by the time the children will reach sort of teenage years, you get a reduction in the amount of asthma that we see. Maybe half of children will grow out of their, their asthma symptoms. But then of that group, somewhere between a third and two thirds, 
will get a recurrence of their asthma later on in life. And then it will either look like a new diagnosis of asthma or it's their old asthma flaring back up again. So often there's a kind of a hiatus through the teenage years. Some people it comes back in and then some fortunate people it just stays away entirely. And we can all, I'm sure plenty of people listening are thinking of, of friends they might have had growing up and every now and then they get a bit out of breath and they take out the blue inhaler or whatever it was and a few puffs and, and off they went again. I mean, is that still par for the course? Is that still what most people are put on the inhalers for life or, or what's the latest? So it's not necessarily inhalers for life. I mean, obviously, the asthma will vary, as we said, as you go through life. So it's about tailoring your treatment to where you are at that particular time. The reliever inhaler, the blue inhaler that you talked about, is obviously very important because it gives you short-term relief of symptoms. One of the features and one of the messages coming through, because you mentioned Asthma Awareness Week, is to avoid over-reliance on reliever inhalers. And certainly if people are using their reliever inhaler without any other medication more than several times a week, Really, we need to look at that situation and we need to see whether somebody needs to move on to preventer inhalers. Uh, and what, what, is, what is in those preventer inhalers? So preventer inhalers are essentially very low doses of steroid. And that steroid will be administered to the airway by inhaling it and it'll reduce the inflammation that we talked about. And when the inflammation is reduced, the airway is much more stable and you don't have this risk of getting into sudden severe deteriorations or sudden severe and uncontrollable narrowing of the airway. Because that's one of the narratives around asthma and maybe it's a myth you'd like to dispel is that, you know, steroids are dangerous. Avoid them if possible. So I'd be delighted to fully dispel that myth. And I think what we find in practice is that if you are, if you need steroid inhalers, uh, then using the steroid inhalers is much safer than not using them at all. And one of the things that we've noticed, and we mentioned earlier, the tragic deaths that can occur with asthma is that they often will occur in people who are seemingly mild don't have very much underlying control and then suddenly get into problems because they're not using or don't have access to a preventer inhaler. The doses of steroids in these inhalers is at microgram doses. And so there's very little, if any, of the inhaler which is absorbed into the the system. And so a second myth that we're, we're trying to attend to is actually you can have excellent control with very low doses of preventer inhalers but the important thing is to not to miss to the requirement for the preventer inhalers when, when, when they are needed. Uh, Mary is texted in to say her asthmatic cough is triggered when her husband uses a vape and she's wondering if it's real or imagined. I assume environmental things like this can cause uh, the onset of an asthmatic attack. Yeah, so, so environmental triggers uh, sort of aligned with an underlying tendency to have asthma is, is important. We know with, with standard cigarettes that if somebody is exposed to secondhand smoke at home, and this is particularly important with children, that the risk of having a severe exacerbation is doubled. So I would imagine with the vapes, because you can All certainly right. see it with other environmental irritants, that that significantly increases the irritability of the airway. And so the, 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 the patient is suffering as a result. Mary, get him to give up the vapes, but don't go back in the fags. Listen, we appreciate your time. Uh, Seamus, Professor Seamus Linan, Consultant in Respiratory and General Internal Medicine at the Beacon Hospital. That is our last... 